afternoon, Patriots, and today is Thursday, April 20th in the year 2023. Just a reminder that right after this show, 30 minutes after this show, we will um, have Brighty on TV live, if you want to see my wonderful face. And also, this evening, there won't be a live Fishers, and the reason for that is Podbean is doing system maintenance that'll begin at 8 p.m. Pacific, and it'll carry through till about 4 in the morning. So no live Fishers tonight, though I will post a Fishers for those of you that want to catch it in the morning or later at night once Podbean's done with its antics, whatever it's doing. But never any complaint for this platform that has allowed us to continue to have free speech here when others have banned us and banned others. And I'm grateful for what Podbean truly has to offer. And I do mean that sincerely. Patriots, a crazy time we are in. I can't stress enough the importance of keeping your home defense plan in place, keeping your skills up, you know, refining the art of the, of the skills of war in the sort of the spirit, and also keeping those skills in the martial side up to date has never been more important. If there was ever a story that best encapsulated how bad crime has become, it's the one about Starbucks providing baristas with active shooter training because our cities aren't safe anymore. And while the Supreme Court has made it easier for you to conceal carry for protection, it's your responsibility to be properly trained. That's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and you will save a ton on practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including .223, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com right now. This is the smartest investment in your ability to safely and effectively handle your firearm. Plus, it will pay for itself in one day. That's the letter I, TargetPro.com, iTargetPro.com. Offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you want to have. Page, it's in a headline piece here that's just unbelievable that naturally didn't get any national news and probably for good reason. Uh, there was a fatal crash that happened in, it's down near Thousand Oaks, California and Simi Valley. As this plays out, apparently there was a lunatic who I'm understanding from somebody who is very close to the, the situation, who is also a Democrat, need I say that anymore, um, that stabbed somebody at the Walmart and then went on to run over a 15-year-old boy and kill him. This young man was a close friend of the grandson of a good friend of mine. Uh, this young man's name is Wesley Welling. He was killed in a runover. They are uh, not wanting you to know much about this event obviously, because if you did, you might realize once again that we're dealing with a democratic death cult that is activating its people to kill others and innocents, and they hate children. So this, if you're wondering what the platform for the main democratic party is going to be, it's going to be, we would like to kill your children, rape your children, and eat them if you'll so allow us. If you don't allow us, we'll do it anyway. That's kind of the whole thing. But this is a tragic story. 
And it says a day after the 15-year-old boy was killed when a vehicle plowed into a group of teens near Westlake High School in Thousand Oaks, authorities in Simi Valley have released more information about the violent stabbing that took place in the city less than an hour earlier at the hands of the same suspect. After 2.40 p.m. Tuesday, Simi Valley police responded to a Walmart located at Cochran State or Street sorry, for a report of an incident involving a customer. When they arrived on the scene, they found an employee on the floor had been pepper sprayed and stabbed by a man believed to be Austin Ice, a 24-year-old homeless man. Witness told police that Ice entered the store, pepper sprayed the employee, then stabbed him several times with a large knife. He then turned his attention to a second employee attacking her, then attempting to drag her away. He was confronted by several other employees, etc., etc. About 40 minutes later, Ice allegedly entered a family member's home without their permission, brandished a firearm before fleeing in his vehicle, allegedly, of course. And it's uh, after the second incident, the investigators say Ice intentionally plowed into a group of kids at the bus stop outside Westlake High School. Um, yeah, so I, I let me let me give you the the liberal approach on this just so we understand how this will play out. This poor man, he's, he's psychologically traumatized. We need, to, we need to really worry about helping him. And we need the Christian community to pray for him because he's suffering. And this poor man, oh, this poor man, we need to heal him. We don't need to give him into jail. We don't need to incarcerate him. We need to get him mainstreamed into the public. Yeah, that's sort of garbage. And that is the garbage you're going to hear because our media runs this narrative and runs this psyop. They relish in every one of these freaks to do this. And it's about time that we start putting our foot down as a culture. And when you harm a child like that, I don't, I'm sorry if you've got a mental illness. I'm not going to be patient with this anymore. I've said it here all along. I'll pray for his soul as he put that rope around his neck and hang him because this stuff has to end. End of story. Okay, this is horrible. And for the family, tons of prayers for the family and tons of prayers for my close, he's like a brother to me, close friend's grandson that is dealing with this loss who had spoken to this young man three minutes before the incident happened. Incredible. Okay. Patriots, it's 11 minutes after the hour. Let's pray. Father, we're in a, once again, we are just confronted with this violence and this war against children. And we're reminded every single day that this world in which we live, this death cult that seems to run everything, is consumed with the idea of harming, destroying, maiming, stealing the souls of as many children as they can. Father, today we have prayers for Wesley Welling uh, and his family. Uh, this poor young man who has suffered the horrors of being killed by a lunatic freak that drove his car through him. And and Father, I'm going to just be honest in my heart today. I know that we say that all people can be saved and they can be saved to the last minute. But our patience on this is getting thin. And I can't draw myself to give prayers for anybody other than the victim and the family and just pray for justice to be done decisively and quickly against he who killed this young man. We are at a very interesting point in our walk in faith that will separate us, sadly, unless you can intervene, Father, to give us guidance and wisdom. 
But this is not a time when we have much more left in us to be patient and tolerant of the insanity of those that walk without Christ. I don't if they're demonically driven, fine, but they still need to pay a heavy price and toll for what the damage they are doing. Whatever the motive is of this individual, whether he's sick, demented, whatever, he does not belong in the world with us. And the choices then are very thin because that means either we cast him aside into a prison or we put him in a cell and somehow that life is supposed to be better for him. Fact of the matter is that we are dealing with sick, twisted people that are walking the face of this earth. They are causing untold harm. They are causing massive pain and damage to families. And I, you can rebuke me, Father, but I cannot draw a prayer for he who has destroyed a young life like this. There needs to be a hand of justice. And so we turn to you for that justice of what that will look like. And for whatever that justice comes, then we pray for that justice swift and success over this evil that they have had to deal with here. Father, this is a time that will continue to test us and try us in our faith. And whatever lessons are you have for us, we're open to hearing them. But we are not in a place as a people that is going to be able to hear much about the softness and forgiveness and acceptance of this evil. There has to be a hand of justice that intervenes. And we're seeing this happen more and more because there's no accountability. So, Father, this is an open discussion for my heart today that those who are listening and praying with can accept or deny. But the problem is that we are in such a time that We have turned so many years away from the problem that we've turned so many years into asking you to fix which is ours to fix. And then when we get to moments like this, then we try to get this softer side coming out of like, well, we should should have compassion for everybody. Even the man who did did the harm to him could be saved. Good. He can declare salvation at the end of his death, at the end of a rope. This is a harsh prayer today, Father, and I make no admission, I make no apologies for it because this world that we live in needs to learn accountability, and I pray for accountability. And if there's other lessons for us to hear, then I'm open to hearing that. And we are in a place where, as humanity, we have been turned on its head, we have sat passively by, unfortunately, way too long, And it's a time now for us to lean in and take action. The problem is that we're not seeing enough people able and willing to step in. Those that want to do justice and see to justice are being suppressed by the institution that wants to protect the evil. And this is where the entire problem comes in. So in an instant like this, when we're faced once again with the horrors of evil, and yet We are finding so many that will walk in faith and find confliction with doing good or trying to pray for the other. The fact of the matter is that it's going to be good men that do the right thing and deliver justice, not just passive prayers on the side. We have to return to a principle of understanding accountability, Father, and that is ultimately the center of this prayer today accountability, and equally healing for this family. I cannot imagine the loss of a son who was at a bus stop and innocently there and run over by a maniac and accept 
and find a place in my heart to forgive him. We pray for the, the fact that those hearts of this family are not burdened by vengeance. And we pray for this family that their hearts are not burdened by anger and the various deep emotions of hate that come from that. We pray for this family that their hearts can be found in the peace and glory of memory of their son. And in so doing, find justice within your hand as must be done. But this is not a time right now for ease and easiness. We're going to need a hard hand of wrath. Humanity has run amok, losing its way, devaluing everything that you gave us in this world. And as we stand on the side, trying to witness and guide, walking, trying to dig ourselves deeper into kingdom, this maniacal craziness that has overrun this world just seems to grow like a metastasized cancer. So, Father, we pray for justice. We pray for the clarity in our hearts that is not driven by vengeance, but clarity of true justice in this land that needs to happen. And to stop this passivity that we have accepted so much to always waiting for you to do the work that we are responsible for in this world. Guide our hand, Father. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Patriots, I'm not going to, for those that may have found that prayer uneasy, I make no apologies for this. And I'm just going to be clear about this. I have open conversations that you just were part of today with our Father. And I cherish those conversations of the honesty of my heart because I'm not going to play games and tell you that I believe in simply sitting in here and going, I'm going to pray for the guy and hopefully he'll come to Jesus. My way, which I have no issue with, is he would be given a right to come to Christ at the end of a rope. The harm that's done with these people is not retrievable. You can't retrieve this young man, Wesley Welling, an innocent. And the lack and the fact that our system continues to promote evil, it defends evil, it protects evil from being in the news. This was a hard article to find. I finally did find it, but they've kept it regional. You're not going to hear any of this on a national news. And they've done this intentionally so that they'll elevate up some victimized garbage about somebody's gender being misgendered, but they will not talk about a victim, a young white boy who was run over by some maniac lunatic after he stabbed one person and tried to stab another. They're going to defend the lunatic and they're going to demean the family. That's the world we live in. And this is the justice that we cannot, this is the accountability that we lack and the lack of justice that we continue to accept. That's the problem in all of this. And there needs to be some real spine and backbone to what we're doing because we're getting lost in all of this. I want you to hear this piece here. And this is just another reinforcement of this. This is a young girl that came up against the school board. In the audience are all the, all the parents. I've seen the video and they sit very passively by as she testifies to what's going on in her school as a young Christian girl. And what she ends up getting is a little bit of applause at the end. Nobody in this audience stands up to support her. Take a listen. 
Good evening. My name is Claire Mossman, and I'm a sophomore at Pleasant Valley High School. Last September, about four weeks into the school year, I was shocked and embarrassed to learn that I had been tricked into taking my clothes off while sharing a locker room with a male student. I was very upset and extremely confused. I didn't understand how my school could do this to me. I am a Christian girl, and I would never choose to take my clothes off in front of a boy. That boy is using my locker room at your invitation, and you didn't give, even give me a warning or an alternative option. All I got was forced compliance. It could be any male in that locker room watching us undress. It doesn't matter who the guy is. He does not belong in my locker room. Now, I have guys right next to me in the girls' bathroom. How could you ever believe that this is okay? This is, this is the girls' bathroom. I have been to a few of these meetings now, and it is apparent to me that you are not at all considering how it affects everyone involved. My dad called the school this week to complain about my experience with boys in my bathroom. He talked to a vice principal about it, so later that day, she called me into the office, and in so many words, I was told that if being compromised and violated was a problem for me, that I could walk clear across campus to the single-use bathroom up front. Otherwise, too bad, it wasn't my problem, it's the law. What about all the other girls in the same situation as me? Are we all going to walk to the front of the school being late for class, risking being, getting in trouble just to be able to feel safe and honor our values when there's a bathroom right down the hall? You continue to say that you are here to serve the students and families in this district. However, it seems that that only applies to a select group of people. You have violated my privacy, you have violated my modesty, and you have violated my dignity. To other parents and adults in this room, please, we need your help. It is not just me. I have had countless other girls, and guys as well, come to me with their feelings and concerns about being violated the way we are. The entire student body is under assault, and the school board and administration are the ones assaulting us. Thank you. You know, amen to this young lady that has the courage to stand up there in a dead crowd. I, I, and I find appalling, more appalling than the egregious acts is the apathy of the adults. This is getting to be sickening. I mean, it's almost like people are under, a del, in, under some sort of spell. They sit there just very politely. Oh, okay. Well, that poor young lady. Oh, I'll pray for her. Oh, that poor young lady. And you have a school board that sits there and in, under their, their straight faces, they're laughing their butt off. This is the pedophile Luciferian agenda of the globalists. And they're enjoying every bit of this because they know that they're going to keep getting their funding from the federal government and they're going to get their union bonuses for doing this. And they're good with that. But the parents sit aside. I don't know what to do. Oh, my goodness. Poor young little girl. Poor young little girl. Oh, okay. Well, okay. This is nuts. Or they're going to be like, oh, it's a, the sheriff is here. He might arrest us if we say something. Good thing they've got a young lady that's got the courage to stand up and speak the truth. I would love to see every parent be able to bring their kids home to homeschooling. I really would. It unfortunately, doesn't work for everybody. And, I'm, and that's where I've said so many times, part of what we have to be doing here in homeschooling is supporting those who can't necessarily find the time to homeschool, set up pods locally, offer to help bringing these kids out of school. We have to start looking at these children as refugees. 
and we are literally refugees within our own country. She is a Christian girl. She now faces massive reprisal in her own student body because of her courage to stand up. Now you're going to have some trans freak try to beat her with a hammer or something. I'm not kidding about this. The courage it takes for her to do this, she's now at risk when she goes back to school. And the parents sit by and do nothing. I don't even know what that's like. This is nuts. And it's starting to really just get on my nerves way beyond. This, by the way, is an example of why we need to get rid of every single teacher that's currently employed. There should not be, in any sort of redoing of this republic, any teacher that was already a teacher that has taught this garbage needs to go to the salt mines and make big piles of salt into little piles of salt. This is an example. Take a listen to this insanity that's teaching your kids. I pride myself on being a teacher who's very open about her life. And one of the things I'm very open about is my sexuality. I have a trans flag, a bi flag, a non-binary flag, all on my desk at my work. But there's one thing I'm not open about, and it's being poly. And today that actually became something I had to worry about for the first time. See, the kids are interviewing us teachers as a part of learning how to write profiles on others. They'll soon be doing it with each other, but they're starting with the teachers so they can all work together on one subject. And one of the kids on Tuesday is going to ask me if I have a partner. And the answer is, yeah, and I have another one too. And I don't know how to handle that conversation because while I know that the kids are more accepting of things like homosexuality, bisexuality, all of that, polyamory is not in the conversation. It's not something that is talked about. And I worry not only would this be something that might lead to rumors that I am cheating on my partner or that I am a swinger or something like that, but would also just totally derail the class. So the obvious answer, the one that I went to first, is I'm not going to talk about it. But that feels wrong too. I don't like lying to my students. I don't like telling them falsehoods. And also, I don't feel comfortable answering the question by saying, yes, I have a partner, and having to pick which one I pick as the face for my relationship. Oh, man. Is that just like this distorted sickness? You're twisting morality on its head because you're saying, well, I don't want to lie. I don't want to lie. No, please lie. Or get out. I mean, this is disgusting. Don't, don't lie. Just leave the... This is what they want to do. They're turning morality like it's it's morally right for me to live in sin, to live with multiple partners and to have myself weenie snipped. But I can't, I can't live with the moral contradiction of lying to people about the way that I live my immorality. <laughs> I can't even do it. It's insane. All right, I'm going to close with this. I just thought this was a really good perspective. We probably all share this moment. And the guy's literally like, am I the only one feeling this way? Welcome to the real world, brother. This is the this is where the real war is. Take a listen. I'm the only one who feels this way. This is for my conscious awakened family on here. Because where I live at, I feel like I'm totally alone outside of my wife. And I am so blessed that we are on this journey together. Because there are a lot of households divided right now with one spouse believing in this crap that's going on and they're preparing then you've got the other spouse that's totally against it and i've gotten to a point now to where i don't even want to be around my own family i don't because a lot of them are still deaf dumb blind and distracted and all they want to do is be entertained by the television tell a vision and i love when they try to come to me with information that they found out on the news which i found out 
weeks and probably months ago and the little bit of information that they would give me I'm like you're only at the tip of the iceberg and then I go a whole lot deeper and then they think I'm crazy because they didn't hear it on the news and I've gotten to a point now to where I don't even want to be around my own family anymore because our two conversations are totally different all they want to talk about is stuff they've seen on TV I want to talk about stuff that I found out about by doing my due diligence, by doing my research. And we don't speak the same language anymore at all. No love is lost at all. I still love them and I will be them for I will be there for them in a heartbeat if they need me. And they know that. But yeah, I, I've distanced myself because I don't feel in tune with them anymore. Because like I said, of the things that comes out of their mouths. And I'm just like, it's a, that's a distraction, that's a distraction, that's bullshit, that's a distraction. And then when I give them information, they just look at me like a deer in the headlights. And I can't fake it anymore. I can't. I cannot be around them and fake like, <laughs> like I'm the old me because I'm not. And it's because of this platform, my mind has shifted. My moves, actions, and tactics have shifted. And I'm on a whole different playing field right now. And it feels like the only person I'm on this field with is my wife. And a lot of you that are watching this video right now that know what I'm talking about. So am I the only one that feels alone? Because it's so much stuff that's going on right now that a lot of people are still deaf, dumb, blind, and distracted to. And they think they know what's going on, but actually they have no idea what's going on because they get their stuff from the tail a vision. And dude, this kind of nails it, doesn't it? I mean, and I think I love the fact he said it, which is just needs to be said. Whether it's family members or friends, the end of the day, we know that we'll be there for them when they lose their mind or get in trouble or whatever. But the fact is that you can't walk this path anymore of trying to be duplicitous and trying to pa passively or however you want to say it, give in to them. It doesn't work. So don't. Speak the truth. Walk the truth. Be bold. Walk in the light of Christ. Understand the rock of faith that we stand upon. Love Jesus. Let him know it. Speak it loudly from the mountaintops and crush this evil. It's that simple. Amen. All right, patriots. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you in the next 30 minutes at Bright on TV, or I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Remember, Fishers of Men tonight is canceled for the live show, though it will be posted after Podbean's maintenance. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion 
that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist, we pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 